Yo, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Breakthrough Society podcast. I'm Irvin. I'm your host. And today I have my good friend Bill Ryman on the show. Um, Bill, man, he he hustles, he hustles a lot. He he does a bunch of shit, man. He's he's a real estate broker. He's a luxury custom home builder. He also just started a sports cars, like on the side, sports cars, side hustle. Um, so, so he's, he's, I mean, he's also real into personal development, doing 75 hard. He's part of Arte Syndicate. He has a lot going on, man. So, so, um, just pay attention to everything that, that he's doing and uh, how he like structures everything and, you know, what, what he's up to, man. And, and the stuff, he's a very, very good person. Um, had a lot of fun doing, doing this is definitely one of my, my longer shows be just because we had a whole podcast <laughs> conversation before we actually hit record um you know but it's, it was all good man so just definitely pay attention to this and take some notes So before we get into the main interview with Bill here, just go to your social media, go to Instagram first and make sure you're following us at Breakthrough Society. Um, same thing for Facebook. Well, Facebook, just go to Facebook on the search bar, type in Breakthrough Society Movement, and it's going to be the only one that pops up with the logo right on the profile picture. You'll see it's a Facebook group. Go ahead and, and request to join. I'll accept you, and that's where where we're gonna jam. We're gonna help each other out in business, uh, fitness, life, whatever you you need help with. You know we're we're there to help each other, man. So just go over there and and go ahead and request to join, and and that way we can uh, you know we can jam together. So also, if this helps you, you know, gain some value. Um, or just man, if, you, if you're thinking about getting into sports cars and this conversation with Bill uh, makes you definitely want to get into sports cars, hey, hit me up, hit, hit Bill up on his uh, show, social media. His links are going to be in the in the show description. Go ahead and, and check him out and everything that he's doing. Um, but if it helps you in any way, go ahead and share it on your social media. Um, send it out to friends family somebody that you know is going to benefit from this whether they're in the in the real estate real estate uh industry construction industry home builders sports cars 75 hard personal development you name it we talk a little bit about everything here um but fuck man definitely check this shit out i'm gonna stop talking down so just so we can get right into the show back to the breakthrough society podcast i'm your host Irvin, and i'm here with bill Ryman. what's going on bill how you doing man doing great man <laughs> we had a we had a pretty long conversation before we hit record here <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that could have been a whole podcast within itself that whole conversation yeah so, it's like man. 45 minutes <laughs> yeah but um, yeah, dude. Finally, uh, was able to get you on the podcast. Thanks for taking the time to be here. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I was looking forward to. You. I obviously had you on mine, so happy to return the favor. 
Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, first question I always ask my guests is just tell everybody who Bill is and what do you do? Uh, so Bill Ryman is, uh, I'm a broker and a builder uh, in the Southwest Florida, Naples, Marco Island area. So I, I build custom homes for a living. Uh, don't do commercial, just do custom resident, uh, new residential, doing more of the luxury end, uh, to family owned business. Um, along with my brother and sister. Um, so been doing that, grew up in the business. So been in construction my whole entire life. Also, I'm a licensed real estate broker going on, I think 10 years now. Uh, so I kind of do real estate as a, you know, construction is always my main focus, real estate, obviously in construction intertwined together. So they work out great. And uh, so I've been doing a lot of real estate. I sell a lot of real estate as a part-time agent last year. I think I pushed over $25 million in sales. So it's pretty good for a part-time agent. Uh, already on pace this year uh, to break that. So it's been... It's been good, a lot of work, a lot of grind. I also do a home watch business that I started too, which branches off of both of those. Uh, and then I also um, do quite a few other things. I do investing, stuff like that. Uh, we're trying to get more into real estate investing too, doing, doing like we talked about for a good 45 minutes of <laughs> sports card investing as well. Yeah. So I uh, started a little... Open a little shop on eBay. Uh, hobby hour is my thing. And then um, got to open my LLC here. I've just been putting it off So with that one. So, yeah, man, I wear many hats. So, <laughs> so nice. Man. So uh, what was your first hustle of, like, your actual hustle that you used to have? Uh, first one ever? Yeah, but, like, as... they used to have. Yeah, like, they used to currently have. Because I know a lot of people, like, before they actually get into their main gig. Um, yeah. You know, they start like small businesses or jobs like before that. Yeah, so. I, I've jumped around. Um, like I've always been the one to try and do different things. I've always been a salesman. Let's put it that way. Uh, so I've kind of always tried to figure out and follow where I can make money. I don't like to have money sit. So, uh, <laughs> you know, like I've I, I sold cars in my past. Um I did that out of the blue because I wanted to make money. I was tired of being digging ditches and stuff like that. So I saw an opportunity when I got done playing college football because I got hurt. I was I played college football for two years. But um, once I got done with football, I kind of was like, all right, I'm going to take a break from college. And then I went and ended up working in the car business because my sister's boyfriend at the time was selling cars. He's like, hey, man, you can make a lot of good money doing this. I'll get you a job. I was 20 years old. Uh, youngest by far and uh, dove in had no idea what I was doing never sold anything like that before uh, I remember I, I told the story in the past uh, with that whole thing was um, kind of got thrown in with the wolves obviously car salesmen they were all probably about 30 years older than me and uh, you know slick back hair and you know <laughs> just there's this 20 year old kid out there and I remember the main guy that sold what that was their top salesman wouldn't even look at me or talk to me you know he thought his shit hey, can i cuss on this yeah <laughs> <laughs> he thought his shit didn't stink basically and uh um i remember that it pissed me off 
So I said, I'm going to set out to beat this guy. So after uh, what I actually did is I actually, um, I, I had to learn what I was selling. So that's how I knew I'd get better at it. I went in the brochure room that they had, took every single vehicle's brochure and I went home and I sat and wrote down every single car on two separate notepads of the make and the model of what they were every detail about them and i carried those two notepads with me every single day so every car i showed i bust out that notepad read off of it <laughs> until i memorized it and eventually i got i i had every car memorized well my second month there i started climbing up the leaderboard third month i was top in sales uh fourth month top in sales in both departments and fifth month top in sales again so let's put it this way. That guy started talking to me, kissing my ass because he knew <laughs> I was beating him every month. And uh, I, I ended up leaving the car business. They were actually trying to progress me in it, but I didn't want to do that. It wasn't what I was. Plus, I was young. I was like 21 when I left there. Wanted to go back to college because when we're in college, what do we think of you know parties and girls? And I don't yeah. want to live my 21-year-old <laughs> days as a car salesman but that was kind of my first i mean i've sold stuff prior to that i remember in college when i was playing football to make money uh this is probably illegal don't do it at <laughs> home but uh, i remember making money off of uh, i t i had i took a girl's bra wire um and i actually was making deals in the because the laundry room had quarter machines so the bra wire I figured out was the size of a quarter, the thickness of a quarter. So I would actually take the bra wire <laughs> and use it as credits for the laundry. So I started charging other guys less on the football team for uh, for laundry. So I've done, I mean, when I was a little kid, man, I sold, like I pick up old golf balls on a golf course and I resold those on the side of a golf course. I I always had some of the sports cards. I mean, as a kid growing up, traded Pokemon cards as a kid on the bus, tr flipping Pokemon cards. So I always kind of had that that ambition to uh, do what I do. I, it's led to what I do today. So yeah, it all like correlates. Uh, <laughs> same thing. <laughs> yeah, cool man. So like, how did you get into the construction? Um. My, I grew up in it. My dad was uh, always in construction since I was obviously born. So my dad was a hard worker. That's what kind of instilled it in me. Um, I never really saw him growing up as a little kid, but it didn't bother me because I saw him when it mattered. You know, like football games, stuff like that. I, that's the first thing I would do is look up in the st stands, make sure my dad was there, my mom. But he was always there. Uh, so, he, you know, but he worked. He always worked. He'd work late. He'd come home. Uh, my, and he, you know, fall asleep hanging out with us, like, cause he was tired and he just kind of seeing that growing up and still to me is that it's something I need to do too. Um, you know, I was talking about it with you. Uh, it's my girlfriend thinks I'm nuts because I'm always on my computer editing or I'm sorting cards or I'm doing, uh, something that's going to continuously get me to be better, you know, and stuff like that and always trying to find a way. But that's how I got into the business. My dad was in it. Um, so growing up, he always made us work. He always made us work for what we wanted. So if I wanted a new video game system or something like that, I had to work for it. He wouldn't get it. He said, you want that? You work for it. You want a game or you want something, you know, you have to work for it. Go do this. Go do that. Uh, he had us doing stuff as kids we probably should have not have done, like being on <laughs> 
up high scaffolding and stuff like that. But um, it's just we learned from a young age that you have to earn what you get. And uh, he so, yeah, to answer your question without hopping all over the place, that's kind of how I grew up in the business. He was a concrete guy. Uh, for a long time, started his own business from scratch and got into custom homes in Illinois. And then we moved down to Florida in the 90s, 95. And I always worked for him growing up, like all the time, sweeping jobs, digging ditches, doing doing the work nobody wants to do. But that's what it was a love-hate thing with construction when I was growing <laughs> up. Now I love it, but hated it as a kid. So. Yeah. yeah, dude, that's that's the same way that I grew up. You know, my dad. Um, and now we talked about it in your podcast where uh, my dad has his electrical company back home and, you know, growing up elementary, middle school days or all the way to high school until graduated high school every summer, every um, spring break, Christmas break, Thanksgiving, you know, it's always, you know, they take you to work, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They got, they got instilled like the work, work, they, work ethic in you and the same, like if you want something, you have to work for it. Um, my dad would always tell me that nothing's free, yeah. like nothing, nothing's ever free. So if somebody's offering you something for free, you gotta, you know, check twice. Oh yeah. Well, I yeah. remember, I mean, I, even in college, I, I, when I went back to college to finish up, I went to USF and I actually joined the fraternity and stuff like that. And I remember they would have fraternity parties on the weekends and I'd have to go home to work. Yeah, my friends would think I'm not. So, well, you're leaving. There's a party. I'm like, I have to, you know. And my dad'd be like, I don't give a shit what your party is. He's like, come home and work. I need you to work, yeah. you know. And I needed money and stuff like that. I also worked nights and clubs and stuff like that in college as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, when he needed me to work, I even when I didn't have a car at one time, I took a Greyhound bus. <laughs> uh, he made yeah. me take a bus home because I uh, actually wrecked my truck dumb story but uh uh i was being dumb but long story but it was uh he's like yeah you need to i need you this weekend uh figure it out i was like all right (laughs) ask my roommate if he can drive me he goes i'm not driving two and a half or three hours to take you home i was like all right and he goes take a bus so i went to the bus station took a greyhound home three hours and he picked me up at the taco bell on the corner and (laughs) all weekend and he dropped me off so (laughs) Yeah, but I think that's a good the good way to get to uh, be raised, right? Because, I mean, like, look at you now, but like, yeah. like, like back then, I mean, you hated that, right? Same thing. Like, I didn't, I didn't hate construction or anything back then, but, um, I mean, yeah, like I would rather you know go out with my friends mm-hmm. during spring break or during the summer or whatever, and I mean, I would like during spring break go out to the beach, but just like one night, you know, one day go one day spend the night come back the other day it wasn't like the whole week like everybody else oh yeah i did the same thing man i spring breaks i would work all i'd go for like a weekend and everybody else would be there for the week and i'd have to go home and work yeah yeah Yeah, but it's good because it's like now now everybody i feel like all of those people are still partying and still doing all that stuff and you know us that we had to work is like we have this like work ethic now and we use it to to our advantage now oh yeah yeah a hundred percent like i i definitely agree with you um if i didn't do that and i was a partier like you know and doing and don't get me wrong i had fun in college stuff like that but um 
and even in high school and stuff, but it was just whenever I remember even on weekends after like football practice, I'd have to come home and work and, and do stuff too. It's just, it, it instilled in me a respect for literally having to work hard for what you want. I continuously do that to this day. Like, and, and it's just, I, it's that drive. Like if I go to bed, I don't know, it's weird. If I go to bed like early, like, I feel like I still got to get something done, you know, <laughs> like I, and then I, it's, so I'm like up till like 12, 1230, I wake up early and I go to the gym and then I start my day again, but I don't take naps. I'm not a napper cause I feel like naps waste time. Uh, yeah. you know, I've never been a napper because I'm constantly thinking too much of what I could be doing. And that's a different mindset too to have it's it's not everybody has that there's a lot of people that are like oh i need to take a quick nap you know i'm tired <laughs> this and that. i'm like you know yeah. man you're wasting time that hour nap or that 30 minutes i can get a lot done so it's a difference maker yeah dude for sure like you you think back of those moments and like you're grateful for that right and how you were saying that like when somebody else says oh i need to take a nap i'm tired you like you're looking at them like no dude like you don't need an ad <laughs> you need to get your shit done and drink your coffee like, man go through the drive there grab a coffee at starbucks it'll take you three minutes versus that 35 minute nap or whatever you yeah. gotta take you know and then you'll have an energy and just keep going sleep at night <laughs> so yeah. not against nappers you know nothing against you nappers out there some people just have to do it and they do a little power nap and nothing against that but it's just i'm different i'm wired different i can't do it <laughs> yeah, dude. yeah um do you feel like because i know you're doing 75 hard right now so do you feel that 75 hard like i just added fuel to that mindset uh big time big <laughs> time yeah because uh there's no drinking there's no unhealthy eating there's no there's a lot more i mean it's hard it really is hard. That's why it's 75 hard. And I'm experiencing how hard it is because <laughs> when you're, when you're in my business, you, I'm a social drinker. Like I went to a golf outing two two weekends ago for a charity event with a customer of mine, high end golf outing, a lot of high end clientele there, stuff like that. And open bar golf carts, driving around, serving everybody. The guy I was with, you know, is, is asking me constantly, come on, are you going to have something? No, I can't. No, I can't. What's wrong <laughs> with you? Can't do it for another 45 days or whatever, you know? And then I'm in the business. I have a decorator. <laughs> he owns a big decorating firm. He asked me, he goes, when are you done with this challenge? I go, why? He goes, cause we're going to the keys. I got a bunch of high end clientele coming. I can't just have <laughs> you standing there. I was like, I got to get it done. He goes, can't you just get it done earlier? I goes, it doesn't work like that. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's it's not just the drink. I needed it personally. I mean, I, you know, I found myself slipping back to kind of, you know, I'm a very productive person, but I wasn't as productive. Now I'm just crazily productive, craziness as far as productivity, because it's like, you know, you don't, you, I don't know. It adds a whole nother level. Yeah. I got like, after this, I got to go for another, I'm going to do an outdoor walk for 45 minutes. Like, but it's like, and I actually enjoy those walks, even though you got to walk fast, but I enjoy those walks that, cause it's like that time alone to reset my mind. And then I'll come back and I'll start like editing or I'll sort cards <laughs> or I'll, yeah. you know, and I'm right back to it. Um, 
you know, and it's just, it's, it's been good though. It's been challenging just fitting the schedule in and getting everything done. I still got to read like, you know, it's just, that's a, that's a big challenge with it. And, but the weekends are challenging too, but it's, I, once I do something and I put my mindset to it, I won't fail. I almost failed once though. I started laying down and I forgot my progress picture. Oh, I started dude. laying down <laughs> and I almost fell asleep, but my, my girlfriend came in there and came home in the room and, and like, I was like, Oh, and I thought I was like, Oh crap, I didn't do the progress picture. So thank God she came in there because yeah. <laughs> I would have been out. <laughs> oh, that been, yeah, so it, that saved, saved me from uh doing it for 30 something days and starting over <laughs> so. yeah dude uh and it's crazy how like man because like when i started doing it uh like once i could took control of, of myself as a person like everything else around me just got so much easier i guess like i was able to, to i mean i control everything else but it, you, you feel like you can control everything else around you if you get what I'm saying. Oh yeah, yeah. Like today, like work or something. Oh yeah, today's a like big. You go to work, yeah. Well, today's a big example that, um, like my day was nuts. It was all over the board. I had two two meetings in person with people. In between those meetings, I have to train somebody. I have to handle our warranty stuff. So I'm like constantly bouncing around you know and constantly like but but you know stress piles up and without this and having that clarity to be able to kind of function and get stuff done and 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 say all right you got time to do that i don't know my mind's so much clearer too that's another thing and i'm like all right you can put this here you can move this here you can do like i said i had two podcasts scheduled for tomorrow and saturday and you know, it's like before I would have been like, I can't do it. I just can't. But I'm like, no, you can move this here. People are going to understand you're busy. You know, I got people flying in town. I got to show property. Stuff comes up. Uh, you know, stress wise, it's helped me big time because being in two, the construction business and real estate, it's a lot uh, on somebody's plate. And um, I think not if I would have not have done this and kept down the road I was going uh yeah i wouldn't be where i'm at today like where i'm at being able to kind of conquer all these different things and and work it the way i have been too now i'm I'm grateful i did it you know do i miss beer yes i love beer <laughs> i love a good ipa i'm sorry i'm never gonna not do that so that's probably the yeah. first thing on day 76 that i'm gonna celebrate with is a big ice cold beer ipa preferably and some chicken wings Oh, or some dude. Mexican food too. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. So I'm gonna, I'll probably yeah not feel good the next day, but yeah, it's gonna be well earned. So <laughs> yeah, dude, that's that's you're preaching right there, man, with the chicken wings on the beer. <laughs> yeah, but like every time I go to the bar now, it's like because I'm not on it, right? So so, uh, but I think like should I get a beer or not? And, and then I, at the last second, I'll be like, I don't need it. You know. Yeah type of thing i mean i like drinking you know but i i mean even before i wasn't a big drinker but if i would just go to the restaurant just to eat you know like at night it would have to be a beer yeah <laughs> now yeah. now it's like it doesn't have to be a beer yeah. so they yeah. help me out with that like you know i don't need it type of deal i think it's gonna be that way with me too um like, i really need it <laughs> yeah yeah i think it's gonna be that way with me to where it's gonna be kind of like 
you know, cause I haven't had any alcohol in so long that I think it's going to finally where I'm going to, I'm going to be able to like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not just going to want a beer cause I need one after a long week. Like it's just going to be like, eh, you know, if I'm out, I'll have one drink or something, but you know, now that that'll be good. So I don't know. We'll see. It's a whole different, <laughs> this is a whole different world and I'm getting it done. So you know, I got stuff to do after this. Still got to eat, eat, then I still got to walk, and then I still got to read, and then I got to do some other stuff for work too. So my day doesn't stop. Yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. So how, how did you? Uh, and I want to ask you like about the your houses that you're building, right? Because I saw on your Instagram one time where, I mean, what was it like a week ago where the you had all this blue tape all around the <laughs> all around the walls. Um, and I, I asked I asked you that question in the in that that uh, chat that you had last Our Thursday. Clubhouse, yeah. Yeah. So like, do you feel that that's like a problem in builders? Because I know like we're both part of Arte, right? So like, you know how Andy they always he always spits out um, like doing things perfectly. Mm-hmm. You know, don't just like half-ass it type of deal. Um, so that's what I see. That's like a huge lag in the construction industry all the subcontractors and even a lot of the contractors that I've come across, actually most, probably all of them. Um, I mean, they like, you know, skip stuff. They skip the small stuff, the little details type of thing. So I feel like nobody really is about that, you know, perfection, high quality kind of stuff. Like, do you feel that that's the problem? Like we're in your area? Yeah, uh, here I'll pause right there for you. Whatever I think you're because you got feedback on your um, are you is there something on your desk? I think it's under your mic. Are you like twisting something on your hand or something? There's like feedback, no. it's like every time, yeah, is there's like something like that keeps going. Oh, it's part of the paper, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> I was like, you can hear it big time on my end, yeah, Mike. I know you're recording, so I know you're gonna be like, crap. Yeah, shit. yeah, but no, it's not bad. Like, it's like just I want to give you a heads up now uh, before we keep going because it's like making that like a scratching noise on my end, too. Okay. I gotta look out, fellow podcaster man. I gotta look out because <laughs> that's gonna be a yeah, heck of an just... edit. But oh, we'll keep going. Um, what was the question again? Uh, oh, yeah, the blue tape thing. Do I see that? Uh, yeah, I can, I, mean, I can ask it again. So, yeah, go ahead um like in in the construction industry like where you're from or or since you started it do you feel that that like the high quality uh perfection type of thing is like a huge there's like a huge gap in that in the in the custom home builds over there because i know i feel like you're doing it right like you're like detailing everything you want everything to look perfect of course, right? Because mm-hmm. you wanna you want the end product to look good for for your clients. But I like I feel like every, out of everybody that I've come across, like all the home builders, I feel like you're the only one that's actually doing it like that, like the way that it's supposed to be. You know, everybody else is kind of like half-assing it. You know, just just doing it to make it look good enough. Um, like, do you feel that that's like a big gap in the industry, construction industry? I do a hundred percent. Um, and the reason, cause I've seen other builders stuff and I know for a fact, they don't go to the extent that we do. Yeah. Uh, 
and yeah, it takes time. And that's, that's part of the issue is they say they don't have the time to do it. But like, you know, you talk about the blue tape thing. Um, second ago we blue taped so for people that don't know me and we do a drywall punch out this isn't even the regular punch out for paint usually people just do our builders just do a paint punch out or before the final walkthrough or whatever but we actually do a drywall punch out because we're doing a lot of level five smooth coat drywall on the interiors smooth coat you can't really hide any imperfection and if there is we see it uh so most builders wouldn't take care of those imperfections even the little ones like a little bubble in the drywall mud whatever we do we're fanatics about having everything perfect and uh that's why we we do what we do and we are who we are as a builder um so is there a gap with that yeah because i think people the builders think because of time they don't have it uh, they don't want to take the time to do it because it is a lot of commitment. Like it took me and my brother all day to do that. That was a 4,200 square foot house. Uh, actually oh. it took us two days, but, and that's two days of our time that we could have been doing other stuff, but it's all about kind of blocking out that time too. Like I didn't have meetings that day. I made it so I can help him. And uh, we do it personally because we know what to look for on that end and how to do it the right way. We we want it done a certain way, and it's hard to have. Like, we have a laborer that works for us. It's hard to have him do it because uh, he's not going to go to the extent that we do and see yeah. the stuff that we do, too. So, I mean, that's the thing to your listeners. I mean, the video you saw, there was just blue tape covered on every single <laughs> thing you could imagine. And it took some time, but it, it we got it done right, and that's going to help us in that next walkthrough because the painters are there. They're almost wrapped up now. And uh, once the painters are done, uh, we'll obviously keep, go to the next steps in the house, but then we'll do a full-on construction clean, make sure everything's clean, perfect, and then we'll walk through and do a paint punch out. And after that paint punch out, we'll go through again, clean it, and then we'll do another walkthrough and punch out, and then we'll do a final walkthrough. So it's a bit extensive the way we do it, but when you're paying $2 million for a home, it should be expected. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why we we do what we do because we impress people too, but that's why we have the re the reputation that we do. You know, my dad's always taught us that clean job sites, every, every, everything's spotless, make sure everything's picked up, make sure the subs pick up everything. And, and people appreciate that, they respect it. That's why we get a lot of the business we do. Uh, is just because we go above and beyond on that aspect of things too. You know, it's just a lot of builders don't do it. They want to rush it. They yep. they want to do it as quick as possible, turn them and burn them. We <laughs> we aren't that. You know, we're not that builder. We're we're gonna not so much. We want to get the job done, but we're also gonna make sure it's done right. Uh, from the trim to I mean, from the way it's built, from the exterior to the interior cabinetry, the trim. You know, I mark up cabinets all the time and it's little things that nobody would see, but I see them and I mark them. You know, if I see them, okay, maybe down the road, the customer is going to see it. Even if they don't, they're still impressed. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's doing those things that other people aren't going to do is what kind of expands you and, and separates you from the rest of the competition. So yeah. have you ever had to fire any subcontractors because they don't live up to that standard? Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, we're dealing with a situation now with painters. Uh, you know, they thought we uh, they basically cost us <laughs> co- they cost us money. Um, so we're dealing with it. They actually ended up costing us more money than that, what was owed to them. So now we're dealing with them in court just because. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah, because they decided they wanted to come after us for that money, but we have documentation, pictures of everything that was done. So, and I fired them uh, personally too because they were arguing with me about certain things that we wanted. Is once again, they didn't like that we over, they were working for certain builders that didn't require them to do the things that we required them to do, like make sure the paint is right, sand it down, resand it, redo it. Uh, one of the interior doors that they painted looked like, uh, they threw, you know, I don't even know. They the paint just splattered on it. It wasn't, even, it was, you know, it, yeah. like door, interior doors are supposed to be smooth, but this thing was, just looked like somebody threw ice cream at it, you know. <laughs> so it was like uh, that started the whole situation, and then they took forever, weeks to come back and do stuff. They were overextended. I knew that part because they were doing a lot of other builders. And if you can't, if you're going to overextend yourself and not do a quality work, we're going to get rid of you. And you just lost one of the best builders in the area. So, you know, it's just, it's, we give people opportunity. A lot of our subcontractors know how we work. They respect how we work. If they do wrong, they fix it. Uh, those are the guys that have been with us for a long time. Uh, the guys that don't want to fix stuff that needs to be fixed, then we move on to we found find somebody that's motivated and wants to do it, too. We found a really good painter. Uh, he doesn't do any other builders because new construction, he sees how much work is in it compared to just doing residential side jobs for people. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, he respects us. He's got a good crew. He pays them good. We pay him good cause he, he earns the money. So he's an expensive painter, but he did what he <laughs> paid for, oh, you know? Yeah. So it's just, yeah, do it right. And yeah, we've had to fire subs. So <laughs> nice. Yeah. Should I got to get into like the home building tool over here in Austin? <laughs> <laughs> I see everybody half-assing too much stuff. If you do it right, man, that's the, that's the thing. Like, I know some guys in Arte that are younger that um, Johnny Lee was one of them. And he was on my podcast, and, and I told him, I mean, just go do it right. Go above and beyond for customers. People will see your work. Your work will speak for itself. Somebody will come along. You'll do another one, do another one, do another one. You just you build that portfolio. They're doing things the right way. You know, you got to be patient in this business. It's it's very nerve wracking. It's a lot of stress, uh, you know, but you got to be patient with people. You got to know how to talk to people and deal with people. I do it every day. Uh, you got to sometimes hold people's hands and then there's a, there, everybody's different, but you got to learn how to deal with every single personality. I'm good at that. I think it's the salesperson in me that I know how to deal with certain people. Uh, I have a customer now that I've had to hold her hand the whole way. I have another customer that, you know, is a little more hard headed and uh, and you have the know-it-alls you have, you know, but you, you work with those personalities and you kind of read them and feel them out. And then, then you mesh with that personality. It's hard to explain. It's hard to do, but comes naturally. I, I don't know. It's weird. I just like to deal with people. I know how to deal with people and it's, you know, they just like our product and how we deliver it. And it's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, dude, I bet. Did you have a problem with uh, 
like starting that in the very beginning, let's just say like the first house that you built, were you like having trouble selling, selling it um, at that high price point when you didn't even have like a portfolio built yet? No, well, see, with me, it was family-owned, so my dad started oh, the okay. company. Yeah, so my dad started the company, and I came in, uh, it was after college, I started, I was still, I call my call myself as grunt, uh, where I was digging the ditches, stuff like that, with a yeah. college degree, <laughs> and I was ready to leave, because I wasn't making much money, and I had a degree, and I knew I was good at sales, so I started getting interviews with sports teams, stuff like that. I was going to do a job, career in like sports sales and cause I always loved sports, but, uh, he talked me out of it. I got a real estate license, started pushing his stuff, marketing his stuff. And I kind of grew his business, uh, within the last 10 years, we just grew and grew and grew. And I don't think his company's ever done as many houses as we have since I've grown it and he's not my dad's really not involved as much anymore right now uh he's still obviously he started the business but he sees me and my brother handling everything and uh continues to grow i've promoted us and shifted us into the luxury end this happened about and it was a slow shift uh because i i knew how to do it the right way you know because after the crash and everything big houses weren't really going up so we transitioned into smaller stuff meaning 2000 to 3000 square feet and now we're doing everything from 4000 to 10000 square feet so but now it's luxury wine rooms custom built-ins custom ceiling details like everything's like to what the customer wants and envisions pinterest pictures all the time <laughs> you know but yeah. we make it happen and it was a lot of work getting there, but it's a lot of people see, you know, the last model home we did, I just, I, I was, it was a hundred percent like my, my baby, my work of art. Like I put every idea that I had with the architect into it, uh, worked with my brother and, and just and everything I envisioned, everything, listening to customers hearing what their wants and needs were went into that house and it was probably the top model home. We won five major awards on it. Wow. And, uh, I picked the decorator that was with it, which I'm good friends with to this day. And he's doing five of our current homes right now. One of the biggest decorating firms in the country. And, uh, he continues to grow too. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's a good friend of mine. He's, uh, he needs to be an Arte. He's that type of mindset too. Yeah. But, uh, it's 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 been good man yeah, yeah like getting into it when i first got into it um we were in a different level uh, i i basically remember sitting the first house we did it was like a 1800 square foot house that was the first house i uh sat and sold and promoted and uh then from there now we're doing 10,000 square foot houses and uh one of the premier builders that people go to for quality and and uh, building them a good product too. So it's been a good ride. <laughs> yeah, man, the journey, man, it sounds yeah. amazing. So <laughs> going. So I plan on growing. I plan on expanding and up the state. I want to be in the St. Pete area, Treasure Island, stuff like that. Um, other coasts, I don't know, maybe West Palm. Um, but we'll see. I just kind of want to expand up and into some of these major beach town areas and luxury areas and just kind of be that premier luxury builder. And that's like long-term goal. No doubt I'm going to do it. And I won't turn into one of the track home type builders or 
anybody like you know no offense to Pulte Holmes or anything but I don't think I'd do it that big I still want that attention to detail on every project too throughout the process so yeah awesome bro sounds good um yeah, yeah let's get into uh sports cards <laughs> there we go oh yeah man so uh, i know you said that you were into it you know back in the days yeah right so like when did when did you get i mean back again <laughs> lately uh, with all the hype <laughs> that's going on right now I got in, I mean, I was always, so I started dabbling in it, um, like a year and a half ago, I bought some like random packs. I think we talked about that before, you know, it was like, Oh, find a Jordan, find this. I was like, why not? I like here and there over the years I would be in Walmart and they always had like boxes, like up front, yeah. <laughs> open touch them. And it, uh, I would sometimes grab one, you know, just to kind of have that feeling like I was a kid again and crack it open. And I never <laughs> really knew what I was finding because I wasn't a pay like, but not, it didn't really hit on much back then. But then I really started money wise getting into it uh, probably back in October, uh, September time. And uh, first, let's say that, let's put it this way my first down or my first uh buy two purchases were two national treasures boxes so let's talk about starting nba <laughs> national treasures starting off with a bang um should, <laughs> like we talked about before this should have not opened those but i mean i got some de- decent cards out of them uh one of them's in for grading colin sexton card autograph i think that was number to 25 and then i have that um Kevin Porter Jr. jersey patch to 10 that I pulled out of that too. And there's some other ones. I don't know what prices are going to come out of them, but uh, that was the first buy, and then it just went crazy from there. Uh, started buying prism boxes, cracking those every time, looking for Lucas, never found a Luca. Spent a lot of money on those when they were going for like 1200 bucks a pop. And then I was buying the newer, the recent prisms, which at that time those were going for about six hundred a pop. Now they're well over a thousand; they're almost two thousand a, a box. So uh, Zion stuff like that. I'm still out for grading. I sent those in a while ago, which I don't mind because prices are on those cards are taking a little dip right now. But then I started smarting, getting smarter with it and learning the thing. And uh, that's when I started investing in the single cards, uh, in past cards. And, um, you know, PSA 10s is usually all I go for because of the values that they bring. So I have all PSA 10s and uh, their investments. And some are going to be investments for the rest of my life. Cause I love the players and it's, it's, it's a, it's a fun hobby, man. I've been in stocks. I've been in all that stuff, but there's nothing that compares to this. <laughs> I'd much rather be buying cards and stocks. Like I was trading stocks today. I'm like, this is, this isn't fun. You know, like, I'm like, what can I get into? This is boring. What's going to make the, you know, th- at least with cards, you're buying an asset you can hold. And you're like, this is the card I've always wanted, like a trout rookie or something like that. And then, you get to hold on to that and watch the value go up as they are right now. So I've been telling friends, I got friends texting, <laughs> Hey man, what do you think about this card? Do you think it's worth anything? Now your corners are shot. 
you know, <laughs> well, what do you think it's worth? And they send me the price. It's like 1200 bucks on eBay. I'm like, you know, it didn't sell for that here. Here's the actual price. It's $300 PSA 10. What's a PSA 10? Yeah. So <laughs> I'm getting that all the time. I got people digging through stuff, you know, going through their attics and it's like, yeah, it's turned into, it's fun, man. I love it. Yeah. And it's actually, like you said, like with stocks, cause I do, I do some stocks too. Um, and uh, like, I mean, this, like, you can actually like hold it, right? You can actually yeah. like look at it and just, you know, admire it for some time. <laughs> so I, yeah. I get that. I get well, that. It's always a converse- yeah, it's always a conversation like we were having. Like, I mean, it's like this card is like the coolest thing ever. Dream team. Like, you know, we got the Olympics coming up. The whole crew right there. That's the dream team. Best Olympic basketball team of all time. And... I bought the card just because I thought it was cool. Uh, just to have it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. why not? Yeah, 300, like, 300 bucks, it's probably worth 600 now with all the craziness. And, you know, it's like I, like I said, my trout. Love this yeah. card. I'm going to hold on. I have three of these. I'm going to hold on to one the rest of my life. My favorite baseball player. I have his autograph, too. So I just, it's fun, man. It's like I've never, I'm, I'm glad it's back. I hope it stays back. Uh, I think we got some time with it, at least, and I hope it doesn't get over too overblown because cards are going up at ridiculous pace right now, oh, yeah. and that's what you fear. But uh, it's I hope people can enjoy it. Unfortunately, if I was a kid, I wouldn't be able to enjoy it because you got to have some cash yeah. how ridiculous <laughs> some of this stuff is. Yeah, you'd be trying to go buy the packs at Walmart, and then there's nothing. Yeah. You know, when, when back in the day, you would go, and there was tons of them there. Hobby shops too, everywhere. You know, just go into a hobby shop and buy packs for like two bucks, and now you're Walmart. (laughs) They're not even. They're not there. And if they are there, you're spending twenty five dollars. It's like, what? what, uh, Yeah. How how can a kid do this? (laughs) (laughs) The the only other place you find them on are eBay, and they're over like a grand now. Oh yeah, like it's it's insane, dude. Yeah, it's fun though, man. I enjoy it. We're we're all older now. We're all like you know, living our childhood again. Like we all used to break cards open and crack them and, and collect as kids. And it's just, it's fun. Like I, I hope it does stay around this time for a long time. Cause we had that gap where it just kind of faded out, which me and you, like we talked about would have been buying during that gap. Cause we'd be, uh, sitting in different houses on the beach, uh, <laughs> a lot is right now, but, uh, yeah. You know, it's it's fun. I hope it maintains itself. Like I really enjoy doing it. I really enjoy kind of watching price. I look at prices every day. Like I look at the stock market every day. It's like it's crazy. But I'm instead of looking at stocks and being like, well, how did that go up? That doesn't make sense. I'm looking at cards. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. That Luca should have went up. Like <laughs> killed him. I think another triple double last night. I know he's gonna be up by. You know, hopefully they make playoffs or if he's an all-star or whatever, you know, you can kind of check this market out and, and just enjoy being a part of it. It's sports, man. It's awesome. It's fun. Yeah, dude, for sure. I'm, uh, I mean, like I do, like I, I, I'm not into, like, I'm not like buying as much as I want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I overbought. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, but <laughs> I, I don't even want to say the number I'm in right now. But yeah, it's it's I got a lot of money into it. But I've learned too how to get my money back because I'm doing it the right way now after trial and error. You know, so buying all those modern boxes like I did, I, I wish I would have just bought from the beginning like a LeBron or instead yeah, of yeah, invest, yeah. spending as much money as I did on boxes and open ripping boxes to find what are you looking for a Zion a jaw or or one other card you know it's like that's all you're searching for and the rest are sitting in a drawer right now that are worth a dollar a piece if that so it's <laughs> like it's like I wish I would have just put all that money into a LeBron rookie and I'd be sitting nicely right now so I learned you know, you got to learn, you got to go through the trial and error. So if anybody's listening to this, going through, looking at cards, try and buy some PSA 10s is my, my, uh, advice. If there's a guy you think that's up and coming, uh, just go with your gut. Don't be afraid to pull the trigger. You know, eventually he'll go up. He'll have a crazy game, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, soccer. I mean, everything's going off Marvel. If you oh, like yeah, X-Men, yeah. like, Wrestling. <laughs> wrestling ufc like you like mcgregor his stuff's nuts right now i mean there's a pokemon like there's something out there for everybody in this which that that's not you know the stock market doesn't have that this does to where everybody can enjoy it make some money flip cards you know like go to garage sales like have fun with it you know it's it's fun man i i'm like like a kid again you know? Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of people. I have a lot of people that reply to my story saying, "Oh man, I, you know, I used to have um, all these like old baseball cards, you know, and I have them somewhere. I just can't find them." Yeah, I get that. <laughs> all the time. Like, yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> "Oh man," or they ask me like, you know, which ones are the good ones? You know, like which which uh which cards or which players? And I'm just like, I mean, you just have to really like I'm not like I watch basketball every once in a while, but it's like I mean you just have to see who the good player is. Yeah. You know, like if you don't know anything about cards, like you just have to see who the good player is, and then you know like do research on that player, and then you'll see like the you know his price, and then you know you'll go into the rabbit hole from there. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's fun. I mean, it's fun too. It makes you more interested in the sport. Like yeah. I was watching basketball oh, yeah. for a little bit. Now I have the NBA on whenever it's on, and I have it on in the background. You know, while I'm sorting cards, go figure. But yeah, it's like <laughs> I don't really watch regular TV. All I really do is watch sports, YouTube, some movies here and there. You know, new movies haven't really been coming out out too often. So it's like, but I'm a big sports fan, and I get friends. I had one last night texted me. He had uh, sent me some cards. Uh, one of them was a Frank Thomas rookie card, tops rookie card, which I said that in a PSA ten would be about three hundred dollars. See, I know all this because I'm so into it. Tiffany edition would be about $1,200, I told him, because he sent me the price of the Tiffany edition, special edition card, and the Frank Thomas. And I go, well, that's, let me see the back. So I helped him out, and you can tell certain things with cards. I mean, I'm getting deep into this, man. We can go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I have fun. It's it's all like it's fun sending them in, seeing what your grades are gonna be, picking through stuff. Like, you know, everybody back in our day had some kind of collection. You know, it's like, what's next? You know, are Beanie Babies gonna go off again? You know, like I saw those one day. I was like, I wonder if those things are gonna go off when because those were big. You know, Pokemon's exploded. Everything's like, you know, history always repeats itself. I hope. Mm -hmm. 
I think cards are here to stay for for a little while. I know they're probably going to prices are going to come down. They always fluctuate. That's the way the market is. Are the historical players going to come down? I mean, you you're purchasing and how many people can buy and afford to buy an MJ for a million bucks? You know, it's like <laughs> yeah, there's a few guys that want it, but then it's going to have to come down at some point. But then these guys are determining values too. Like, is a Mickey Mantle really worth five point two million? You know, is that is that supposed to be five? I don't know. Maybe if it is to you, you know, is Mike Trout worth a million one day? Maybe he's not when he's not playing baseball anymore and has a risk of blowing a knee out. Right when he yeah. blows, if you knock on one, please don't blow your knee out, Mike. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, it's like. The risk you're taking but just have fun with it too i mean you can't worry about the money with it just buy what you like play the sport or buy the sports you like and you know kind of go with it and that's what i've been doing and a lot of the stuff man like i would have never thought i got players like you know uh i bought i think aaron judge was gonna go off i mean there's an aaron judge refractor right here these are cheap right now in my opinion for sports cards but this guy's a stud he's just been injury prone um christian yelich i got like christian yelich he had one of the best seasons in baseball two years ago and got hurt people forget about that he was one of the top hitters in the league um i got a few of his rookies right now they're cheap in my opinion but the guy can hit and uh he is one of the top baseball players out there so it's yeah. like Think about this stuff. If you know the sports and you think about stuff, when players get injured, people kind of tend to forget about them. I'd buy those players because when they come back, they'll probably come back to what they were, especially with baseball. Pitchers, Tommy John, they're better pitchers after it. Think about that. See, I'm helping you guys out there. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know you got to go, like, you know, do your workout and all that shit, but. Uh, I just want to ask you one last question. I know you're like real into baseball, dude. What do you think about this guy? Uh, he, up and coming. I'm not big. That's a good. That's going to be a good card to have. I mean, he's obviously going to be something in the future. I'm not big, like I'm not riding the Tatis train and all the like yeah, these guys. To Juan <laughs> so I think Juan Soto is a great hitter. I'm more into the established players. Okay. Let's put it this way. I played fantasy baseball for like eight years straight, and I won th that league probably out of the eight years. I think I won six years. Like, I just know baseball for some reason. I just, I never bought into the rookie hype. I'd kind of, yeah, some of them would come out and they'd explode, but pitchers figure them out. Uh, pitchers learn real quick, and then those rookies got to adjust themselves. That's how baseball works. Pitchers aren't dumb. They're professionals for a reason. Yeah. So, you know, when a player first comes out, they don't know how they're going to hit. They don't know how to put, pitch them. So those players usually can go off like your trout, stuff like that when they first came out. But then they have that slump, sophomore slump. And, I mean, to tease, like, uh, like your, you, who you just showed me right there, it's Dominguez, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, yeah. It's he, he's going to start. He's probably not even going to start in the – in the majors this season, I don't think, is he? I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't think he is. I don't think he is. But uh, he probably will for – we'll see. I mean, spring training always is what kind of determines everything too. But um, I like him. That's a good long-term hold. Uh, people rushing to buy, um, you know, some of these young guys now. I'm not one of them. I don't own Juan Soto's card. 
I want to, but I don't think now's the time to buy them. Yeah. Uh, my advice on baseball, I did buy early. I'm not buying anymore right now. Uh, I'm going to wait till mid season to buy again. Like with basketball now, if you guys are listening out there, buy right now. Um, <laughs> so the Trey Youngs, the Lucas, the, all those guys are in a, and are all in a dip because it is mid season. They're, everybody's focus is on the old school players, the Kobe's, the Michaels, the Shaq's, all that. So there's an opportunity for you while everybody's in one area, you buy in another. So, uh, that's my advice there. Same with baseball right now. There's some hype once spring training hits, those cards are all going to explode even more. And then once mid season hits are all going to come down, uh, because the hype breaks away and people start focusing on other things and Griffey rookie. I mean, that one's a classic player. That card's gone up tremendously. It's about six grand now for one of those rookies, but I see Griffey hitting over 10 K. So um, at some point, especially when baseball starts and it's top of mind to people. When, I don't know how crazy <laughs> things are. I don't know, but we'll see. But yeah, it's it's a good card to own long term. I mean, right now I'm investing in like, you know, I'm in, I'm more of the, you know, Aaron Otto's. That's his card. He just got traded. Um, this one's one you can pick up for cheap. Pete Alonzo, a lot of people that know baseball, that's Topps Chrome of him. Uh, Pete Alonzo is Mookie Betts, that's the man right there, Dodgers now, guy's a stud every single year. Uh, my Yelich, I have a Yelich collection because I think Christian Yelich is a hell of a player, that's an auto, Chrome. Uh, this one's... A cheap one to pick up. Anthony Rendon, always a solid player every single year all around. Uh, what else we got? There's that Tommy John for you. Recommended pickup. Severino, New York nice. Yankees picture. He's not their ace because Cole's their ace, but you shall see those people that are laughing on the other end of the mic. <laughs> and then this stud right here. People forget about him, Rice Hoskins, Phillies. That guy was a home run stud. Nobody's talking about him. And then my boy Joey Gallo. This guy's a home run hitter here too. Easily 50 plus. So you got to know this. And then your boy Giancarlo, uh, Mike Stanton back in the day. That's a good rookie to own right there, too. He's cheap right now. If he can stay healthy, these guys stay healthy. They hit over 50 home runs. Those cards are all going up. So they're, they're discount buys right now, it, depending on what you think is a discount. But to me, I think if they're discount, they're going to go up. So there's, yeah. your, there's your advice of the day <laughs> on the card world if you guys are thinking about investing. Shit. So. All right, man. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good, dude. So uh, before we wrap up here, just tell the listeners where they can find you and everything you're doing. Yeah, I appreciate it. You guys can find me on Instagram. It's at I'm Bill Ryman. I, the, the letter I and the letter M, Bill Ryman. Uh, somebody took Bill Ryman. The guy's not too active, so <laughs> he does. Oh, wow. but it's kind of pissed off about that. So mine's I'm Bill Ryman. So you find me there on Instagram. Uh, Hobby Hour is my card, little card shop. My podcast is The Real Build Podcast. Irvin was on that with me. Go check out our episode. You guys want to hear about some electrical. And then there's plenty of other things about 
building and construction and real estate on there as well. Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, YouTube on all of those. Bill Ryman, it's hard not to find me. So that's that's pretty much it, man. I appreciate yeah. you having me on. Yeah, man, for sure, man. Thanks for taking the time being on the show. Thank you. Appreciate awesome. it. Awesome, man. How's it going?